Obviously, when it comes to Holy Thursday, the primary focus is meant to be the Last Supper. And when we look at the Last Supper, it's also so the beautiful imagery which kind of obtains, right? So think about the washing of the feet, the celebration of the Holy Eucharist, the institution of the priesthood. So again, a lot of beautiful imagery associated with that particular event. But at the same time, what's all the more painful for Christ in this particular moment is the impending betrayal of his friends. So all his disciples will betray him in the very next moments, right? So think about St. Peter denying the Lord three times, the last time to a mere servant girl. Judas has already betrayed him for 30 pieces of silver. And again, every single one of them to a man will betray him in the Garden of Gethsemane, right? So when the people come to arrest him, all of them will abandon him. And in a certain sense, all this is made all the worse by the fact that right now, in the context of the Last Supper, every single one of these guys is looking him in the eye and saying, look, I will never deny you. I'm ready to go with you to prison and even to death. So there's hypocrisy in the air on top of everything else. But you know, that said, the thing I want to focus on for our purposes today is the Lord's response. Because quite frankly, the Lord's response to this impending betrayal, to this sense of hypocrisy, is not necessarily what you might expect. Because just to kind of think it through for a sec, right? Even though the Lord has, in a certain sense, the right, if you will, to respond in a really aggressive sort of way, right? To, to call these people out for their hypocrisy, to call them out for their betrayal, to yell, to scream, to, to do all sorts of things like that. He doesn't. He doesn't act on his rights, if you will, but instead he goes the way of patience, calm, and suffering endurance. And what's more, he does all those things, right? He washes their feet. He gives them the Eucharist. He makes them priests, which begs the question, why? Well, I think the reason why he does this is because he believes. He believes in who they are, and more to the point, he believes in the Father's action through them. He believes that with time, with patience, and again, by the grace of God, these guys can become great. But in the meantime, what do they need from him? They need from him, again, calm, patience, and suffering endurance. And I guess the thing I want to impress upon you is that when the Lord does this, when he responds in this way, he's not simply acting out of a sense of empty spiritual discipline, but he's actually acting with real intention and real purpose. Because the whole idea, of course, is that when they turn back, which he honestly hopes they all will, they will look back to their own conduct and say, well, gosh, we were so bad to him. And yet again, he was so good to us, washing our feet, giving us the Eucharist, making us priests, right? And the great hope, of course, in the mind of Christ is that when these guys eventually come to realize the vast discrepancy between the depth of their sin and the gratuitous nature of God's gift to them, they will come to really internalize in their hearts those great maxims articulated to them by the gospel. Love others as I have loved you. Forgive others as I have forgiven you. And of course, the takeaway message is that all of us are basically called to do the same. Especially when it comes to matters of fraternal correction, if you will. To not simply call people out for their wrongdoing, but to ask ourselves the question, what is God actually calling me to do to help these people become the persons that God is calling them to be? And to realize what he's typically asking us to do is to go to way of patience, calm, and suffering endurance. I'd like to end now by citing this really great quote by this Catholic speaker named Brett Powell. So basically, Brett Powell, he says that when it comes to relationships with people, certain things are important, but at the same time, certain things are essential. And so he uses the example of juggling, right? So he says, basically in life, there's a bunch of things that we have to juggle on a regular basis. But the imagery you want to apply to that particular analogy is that certain things are made out of glass. And so the idea is that those things you must never drop. And so just to make it more specific and concrete, what he basically says is that when it comes, for example, to programs and strategies, certainly these things are important. 
Certainly, these things need to be brought to the table in terms of coming up with solutions to complex world problems. But at the same time, these things are secondary. They are secondary to the presence you bring to the table. And so the whole idea is that quite apart from what I say to people, quite apart from any sort of program or strategy I bring to the table, what's my presence? Do people trust me? Do they feel safe in my presence? Do they believe in my love? And again, the whole idea is that if that's not the case, if people don't believe in my presence, then in a certain sense, what I say doesn't matter. What programs and strategies I bring to bear, they don't matter because I haven't put first things first. I haven't emphasized things of primary importance or things of secondary importance. Okay, one final point. I'll kind of end with this. So when we talk about cultivating a deep and authentic sense of presence, you know, whether we're talking about, again, trust, safety, or love, hopefully it goes without saying that this is conveyed not so much by what we say, but what we do. And of course, therein lies the challenge. To convey to people on a regular and habitual basis through the way we live our lives, this conviction that, look, I believe in you. I believe in who you are. I believe in your dignity. I believe in your value. I believe in your worth. I believe you can become great. And what's more, I am fully committed to helping you to achieve that particular end, to become the person that God is calling to be, to help you become holy, to help you to ultimately become great. And may God bless you all.